asking. We started asking this question last month, and the question was simply this, are you ready? And the question that we're asking, the reason why we're asking that question is, the, what are we ready for, right? Well, the Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Now, concerning how and when all this will happen, what you just saw in that video, all of a sudden people were there, like that, they were gone. The Bible says, now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write to you, okay? For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like the thief in the night. Let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you so much for your word, Lord. Lord, Holy Spirit, we activate you and just have your way in here this evening, Father God. I pray that the ears of these teenagers will be focused on you and not me, Lord. I pray that people will see you and, and your word, Father God. And so I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for your word. And it's in your name we pray. Everyone loves Jesus says, amen. amen. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready for when Jesus comes back is the ultimate question. We asked this question last week, and that's the ultimate question that we need to figure out. Okay, so many of you guys, ladies, responded last week. We asked you to raise your hand like, hey, I want to be ready for when Jesus comes back. And it was so, so awesome. But the reason is this, whether you're ready or not, Jesus is coming back one day. Okay, he's going to come back unexpectedly like a thief in the night. If you noticed in the video we were watching, there was people in church just like you are. And all of a sudden, boom. Jesus came back and people just vanished, okay? Just like that. And the, the reality is this. The Bible teaches us that event is going to happen one day. It really will. We call it the rapture. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But the Bible says it's going to happen so unexpectedly like a thief in a night. Y'all know really good thieves are really, really good, right? Like they're extremely fast. If I don't know if y'all know any good thieves. I hope you don't know any good thieves, but <laughs> I hope none of y'all are really good thieves, you know what I'm saying? Like, hide my phone, hide my wallet. Um, yeah, so, but good thieves are, one of the things that separates them from other thieves is they're extremely fast, okay, at what they do. Why? They want to get in, they want to get out, so they're not noticed, correct? That's the ultimate purpose of a thief and their mission. You want to know what the fastest robbery in history was? 2012 in Brooklyn, New York. One gentleman robbed three huge banks in under 30 minutes. 30 minutes, he robbed three banks, major banks. He was so quick in and out that by the time he was gone from all three banks, he, they, they, they still couldn't find him or apprehend him. He was so quick, and it happened so unexpectedly how he did it. He didn't use a gun, and he didn't use violence. He literally would walk up with a piece of paper and says, I'm robbing you, give me all the cash and access to the vault. And the people never called his bluff on it. And they would just let him go back there. He was in and out so fast. Unexpectedly, like a thief in the night, really. Uh, but it was in broad daylight for him. But here's the thing. It happened so quick, unexpectedly, that nobody saw it coming. And guess what? That's exactly how it's going to be when Jesus does come back. It's going to happen so fast, so unexpectedly. And here's the thing. When that moment happens, it's going to be too late. You can't go to, and say, oh my gosh, God, I'm so sorry. Because guess what? He's already going to come back and take those who have been believing in him, okay? Here's the thing. 
Jesus is coming back the same way, unexpected, like a thief in the night. And the reason is this, to take those who have lived a life set apart for him to be with him for eternity. Okay, this is why we talked about being set apart last month. Okay, because God has called us and created us to live a life set apart. And here's the thing, Jesus is coming back for those who have been living set apart. Okay, who aren't friends of the world, who aren't trying to be like the world, who aren't getting caught up in, in all types of evil that's going on in our world. God is coming, Jesus is coming back for those who have been living a life set apart. He's going to take those people with him. Now this event is called the rapture. That's going to happen. I know a lot of you raised your hands last week, but if you weren't here last week, raise your hand if you have ever heard that word rapture before. Okay? The rapture is simply this. And the easiest way I could explain it is this. Okay? The rapture basically means to be carried away. Okay? Now, for us Christians, it means, uh, it means the transporting of us from earth to heaven. Okay? It's going to be a transportation from earth to heaven. Okay? So basically, one day it's going to come when Jesus comes back unexpectedly like a thief in the night. And he's going to transport all those who have been living set apart from earth with him to heaven. That's a great day I'm looking forward to if I'm here for that day, okay? I, I'm actually looking forward to that, okay? And actually, guess what? As Christians and believers, this is a day that we should not be afraid of. This is a day we should not fear. This is a day we should look forward to with excitement. We'll be able to look up and see Jesus coming back on the clouds of glory with the trumpet blazing. Okay, that's something as Christians we should get excited about and look forward to. The only reason we should be afraid, scared and terrified is if we haven't been living a life set apart. We haven't been living our lives for Jesus. Then you have a reason to be afraid because guess what? When Jesus comes back, you will be left behind when the rapture takes place. And believe me when I tell you, we're going to talk a little bit about this at the end of the today and next week, but you don't want to get left behind when the rapture takes place. Because basically what's going to happen when the rapture takes place, all hell will literally break loose on earth. The Antichrist will take power, who is Satan. He will take power and he's going to, it's going to be chaos on earth. So you definitely don't want to be here. But the sad thing is there will be people who are left behind, okay? Now, here's the ultimate question that I always get from people, and maybe you've asked this question. I want to know when this is going to happen. I mean, if I were you, I would want to know too. I mean, because I want to be ready for when that day comes. I don't want to be caught slipping. I don't want to be caught lacking. I want to make sure I'm ready for when Jesus comes back, all right? And here's the thing. Jesus himself even said we don't know the day or the hour. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. Jesus said, however, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the son who is Jesus himself. Only God the father knows. And I love what Pastor Furman said a couple of weeks ago on Sunday morning. He said, it's a good thing that Jesus doesn't know. Because if Jesus knew, let's be honest, he's so loving. He would tell us, hey, I'm coming back on this day, this specific time. So make sure you're ready so you don't miss the bus in a sense, right? Well, guess what? Jesus himself doesn't even know. And so guess what? If Jesus doesn't know that day or the hour, we don't know. And so listen, it's very important, guys, because in our world today, in your world today, there are so many people, maybe you've seen it on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, if you've got a Facebook, there are so many people who have predicted the end of the world. I'm pretty sure you've come across a video or a picture like that. And these people go, it's going to happen. See, when I was a teenager... They were saying January 1st, 20, 2000. 
the new 2000 year. We called it Y2K. Everyone was like, Jesus is going to come back on January 1st, the year 2000. The power is going to show. It's going to be crazy. Well, guess what? At 12.01 p.m. a.m. in the morning, we was all still here. And guess what? 21 years later, we all still here. Someone was clearly wrong. And here's the thing you need to be mindful of. Nobody knows the day or the hour. So it doesn't matter who says, hey, Jesus is coming back in the year 2030. We don't know that. So if anybody tries to tell you that, don't listen to it. That's a lie, okay? That's false. Because the Bible clearly tells us nobody knows, all right? Nobody has an eye. Nobody knows. But here's some good news, okay? Even though we don't know the day or the hour, Jesus did tell us that this event was going to take place. So we should thank Jesus for that. Hey, man, thank you so much. At least we know this rapture event will happen. And here's some even better news. He even gave us some signs to look for, okay? He gave us some signs to look for. So what are some signs we can look for as Christians? Well, let's look at Luke chapter 17, verses 28 through 30. And Jesus gives us another sign to look for. He says this. He says, and the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur, sulfur excuse me, rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man, Jesus, is revealed. It will be like it was in the days of Lot. Raise your hand if you ever heard the story of Lot. All right, cool. Just a few of all. All right, cool. So this is going to be freshly new. Raise your hand if you ever heard the story about Sodom and Gomorrah. Maybe you've heard of those. Maybe you've heard of that city. All right, cool. So this is going to be fairly new. Basically this. Sodom and Gomorrah was an evil, nasty, filthy city. All right. And it got so bad that look at what God says about it in Genesis chapter 18, verse 20. He says, so the Lord told Abraham, not that Abraham, the Abraham in the Bible. He said, the Lord told Abraham, I have heard the great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. It is so out there. It is so bad in Sodom and Gomorrah. OK. And basically what happens is this. There's a conversation that happens between God and Abraham. And God is basically saying, look, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Their, their sin is so, so bad. It's kind of like what we talked about last week in the days of Noah. There was lying. There was all types of evil and nasty things going on in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah that we're going to show, talk about in a minute. But Abraham asked God when he was having a conversation, he said, God, if you find 50 people in the city who are living right, will you save the city? And God said, sure, I'll save it for 50 people. Abraham continues his conversation, basically gets to the point where he says, God, if you just find one person in the city who is living right, will you still destroy the city or say, or say, he said, no, I will not do that until that person is saved. So Abraham basically finds out that his nephew Lot is living in Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? Now, remember what Jesus said, when Jesus comes back, it will be just like it was in the days of Lot. So we have to look at Lot's story in Sodom and Gomorrah to have an idea of a sign of what to look for in the world we're living in today or when Jesus Christ will return. Now look at this. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 1, we're going to talk about the Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. 
The Bible says that that evening, the two angels came to the entrance. God sends two angels to get Lot out of the city. All right. And the Bible says this, that evening, the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there. And when he saw them, he stood up to meet them. And then he welcomed them and bowed with his face to the ground. Jump ahead to verses four through five. It says, but before they retired for the night, basically what happens, they had a meal together. Lot cooked him a meal, okay? And uh, the Bible says, this is where it gets really crazy. The Bible says this, but before they retired for the night, okay? What I'm about to read is one of the main reasons why God was destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. You're going to see the evil and filth that was going on in the city. And you're going to realize, oh, the days of Lot, okay? Check this out. But before they retired for the night, all the men who were living in Sodom, young men and old men, came from all over the city and surrounded the house that Lot and the two angels were in. Okay? They shouted to Lot, where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. Yeah, I know, right? The Bible just told us that a group of men, young and old, were coming to bang on Lot's door. Say, hey, those two guys that are in there, bring them out because we, we want to have a sexual relationship with them. And of course, Lot fights back. He's like, no, 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 guys, y'all don't know what y'all doing. Matter of fact, you jump ahead to Genesis chapter 19, verse 24 and 25. Basically what happens is this. Lot stands up for them. He says, hey, guys, don't do this. And what happens is the, angel bas the angels basically blind everybody that came to the door to where they had to back away. And God was like, look, I'm going to destroy the city. Get Lot out of there with his family now. So the angels, uh, Lot tells the angels, please don't destroy the city until me and my family are safely out of town. They said, we won't destroy the city. So guess what happens? Lot and his family get out of town except for Lot's wife because she's so attached to the city. Uh, this is what happens. Genesis chapter 19, verse 24 and 25 says, Then the Lord rained down fire. Isn't it crazy that when God destroyed the earth during the days of Noah, he rained down water from the sky. And when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, he rained down fire from the sky. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages in the plain, wipe in the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. There weren't even plants, no apples, no oranges, no tomatoes. Nothing was available. That's how bad it was destroyed. Okay, but unfortunately, Lot's wife didn't make it because she was so attached to the city. The Bible says she actually looked back when it was being destroyed and she turned to a pillar of salt. Okay, she turned to a pillar of salt. So Lot and his kids were able to escape safely. Now, here's the thing. Jesus basically gave us two signs. All right, two signs. I'll ask you a question afterwards. Okay, Jesus gave us two key signs to look forward to before he returns. And the first one we talked about last week says, as it was in the days of Noah, okay? As it was, as we talked about last week, in that time, there was so much violence and corruption going on and people were doing it freely, okay? And those people, people were living their daily lives, giving no attention to God until the flood came, all right? So the first time we can look for is in the days of Noah, violence, corruption, we can all admit there is a lot of corruption going on in our world today. 
specifically in America, in our government, even in businesses, at your schools, let's be honest, and even in some churches there's corruption going on, okay? There's a lot of violence going on. You've been living in Lubbock, you know it's crazy in our city these days. There's a murder pretty much almost every single night. A couple of days ago, a 14-year-old kid who's a drug dealer got robbed and killed, 14 years old, the Seth. That's the violence that's going on in our world. And Jesus said, hey, look, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be when the Son of Man returns. And so that's a sign to look for when there's so much violence and corruption. That is a key sign that Jesus is close. Well, just look around, guys. You see violence and corruption everywhere. That's a sign that he's close to coming back. And then he goes on to say, as it was in the days of Lot, so it will be when the Son of Man returns. In those days of Lot, people were absorbed in their normal activities, just like we all are, of life. So much that they failed to take God seriously. But here is the major thing that I want us to focus on, okay? And when I speak about this, I want you to know I speak about it in love, and I want to give you the truth biblically, okay? But here's the reality of what's going on. One of the main reasons God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah was because homosexuality was so strong in the city. Men were having sex with men. Women were having sex with women. And God did not approve of that. And in the Bible, he talks about it clearly. He is not for that. Okay? And so God was going to put an end to it, no matter what it took. Have you noticed that in our world today, that lifestyle is very, very popular in our world right now. To be homosexual, gay, or a lesbian, it's an extremely popular thing in our world today, isn't it? Some of you probably go to schools where they allow clubs to take place, but they won't allow Bible clubs to take place. All right, some of you probably go to school and you see this every day. You'll see girls walking down the hallway with holding hands. You'll see girls in the bathroom making out. You'll see guys walking down the hallway, holding hands, flirting with each other. And here's the thing. It's become so popular and we've made it so normal, okay, that it's almost looking like, man, this is just like the days of life. We got people just living this lifestyle like crazy. Now, God loves those people. God loves the homosexual, but he despises the sin. And the reason is because Jesus gave his life at that cross so we could be free from that sin. Okay? And yes, it is a sin. Okay? When God created a man, he created a man for a woman. He created a woman for a man. That's why the Bible says in Genesis when Adam and Eve were in the garden together, they were naked and felt no shame. Because that's the way God always intended it to be. Okay? That's the way he always wanted it to be. But it, as it was in the days of Lot, so will it be when the Son of Man returns. But we know what happened with Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. What type of lifestyle they were really involved in. Okay? So I would encourage you, look up like you have and see it around you. It's kind of obvious that Jesus is really, really close with everything we see in our world today. Okay? Now listen. Those are two signs that we can look for and look to, to see. And guess what? Both of those signs are pretty visible in our world today. Okay? So Jesus must be pretty close. Now listen, here's something that I want to share. And then we'll be done. In the last days before Jesus returns, 
It's going to be crazy here on earth. So before Jesus comes back, in those last days before Christ returns, on this earth, it's going to be crazy. Not as crazy as when the rapture takes place and people are left behind, but it's going to get really crazy. The Bible actually tells us more things that we can look to to see in our world of when the last days are. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, the Bible says this. Paul was writing to Timothy, say, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. Man, that is very clear in our world today. People are more selfish and so in love with money these days. They don't care who they hurt, who they have to get it, however they got to get it. They're selfish and love themselves and only their money. They will be boastful and proud. Okay? They're going to be proud, arrogant. Okay? They're going to be scoffing at God. They're going to be disobedient to their parents. Hello, somebody. Okay, in the last days, in the last days, teenagers and children are really going to have like a disobedient and not honor mom and dad like never before. Okay, you think it's bad now? Wait until Jesus is about to return. It's going to be really, really bad. Okay, and people will be ungrateful. We see that in our world today, unfortunately. We see ungratefulness everywhere. Okay. They will consider nothing sacred and they will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander under others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless, puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. This is important. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. I love what Paul told Timothy, and I'm going to tell you the same thing. Stay away from people like that, okay? Stay away from people like that. In the last days, there's going to be people who act religious. They're going to come to church. They're going to do all the right things, okay? And they're going to say all the right things, but in here, there's a disconnection from them and God. So they're going to act religious, but they're going to deny that power that could really make them godly, all right? And let's be honest, we see a lot of that in our world today. You want to know when that, I saw that big time? When the pandemic hit last year. You want to know how many Christians stopped going to church like that? Within one week, just stopped going to church. We didn't want to, we want, we didn't want to do anything. It was like, well, if I got to go to youth on Zoom, then I'm not going to do it, right? It was like, man, we just had no desire to come to churches. People just completely abandoned their faith in God and everything like that. And guess what? As time went on, when churches begin to open back up, people still didn't want to come back. People still didn't want to come back because there was such a disconnection between them and God. So here's the thing. There's going to be a lot of people in the last days act religious. Okay? Act religious. Okay? But they're going to deny the true power that can change them from the inside out, which is the Holy Spirit. And Paul was very clear to Timothy, stay away from people like that. This is the thing, they'll take you down with them, okay? Now, with all that being said tonight, guys, with all that being said tonight, okay, in the last days before Jesus returns, what should we do, okay? Well, first and foremost, we need to be ready at all times, okay? We need to be living every single day as if Jesus was coming back today, this second, this very minute, okay? Living to honor God with our lives every second of the day, all right? But there's two things that I want to share with y'all that we should be doing before Jesus returns. The first one is to stand firm 
on the Word of God. Okay? Stand firm on it because guess what? In the last days, there's going to be so much division and you're going to need God's Word, the Bible, to stand firm on, on it. Okay? To, de to decipher truth from lies. Okay? And the second thing is to keep a strong grip on the Word of God. Don't let it go. Y'all know what a strong grip is, right? Like when you hold on to something, like, don't let it go, you know? Keep a strong grip on God's word, okay? And that's why Paul said this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15. He said, with all these things in mind, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and keep strong. And keep a strong grip on teaching. Uh, I'm sorry. And keep a strong grip on the teaching we passed on to you, both in person and by letter. The Bible, God's word, is extremely important for you guys on the day when Jesus returns. Because you're going to see a lot of Christians who aren't going to stand on the, word, on the truth. You're going to see a whole lot of Christians who are going to try to change what the Bible says. You're going to see a whole lot of Christians um, who aren't going to have a strong grip on the word of God. And because of it, they're going to be easily deceived and easily led astray. So it's so important for you to stand firm on God's word and have a strong grip on God's word, okay? Because here's what's going to happen if you get left behind. And this is the last thing I'll share. I didn't put this in there, so don't worry about it, Sai. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, I want you to listen to this, okay? Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us, cl let us clarify some things about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them. Even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from, from us, don't be fooled by what they say. For that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. You want to know who the man of lawlessness is? The Antichrist. Satan. When he comes into form, literally hell on earth is going to be released. The Bible goes on to say that um, he will exalt himself and defy everything that, the, that people call God, and I'm sorry, and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God, which is true. He's going to take power. And he's going to say, hey, I'm God. Y'all need to worship and bow down to me. Okay. Don't you remember that I told you about all this when I was with you? And you know what is holding him back. For he can be revealed, for he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly. And it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. The, then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. This is why it's important for you to stand firm on God's word and have a strong grip because when the Antichrist takes power, he's going to do signs, wonders, and miracles. And if you don't have a strong foundation on God's word, you're going to be so easily deceived at what you see. Okay. The Bible goes on to say he will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. 
So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. I asked you this question earlier. Are you ready for when Jesus comes back? It's a serious question. If Jesus was to come back in the next 30 minutes, would you be raptured, transported from earth to heaven to be reunited with our loved ones and most importantly be reunited with Jesus? Or would you be left behind? Would you be left behind because you haven't been living a life set apart? Would you be left behind because you've made the decision, you know what, I'm just going to live my own way. Are you ready for when Jesus comes back? Because guess what, guys? Ready or not, he's coming. And he's coming back unexpectedly like a thief in the night. You will never see it coming. You won't know the day or the hour. It's going to happen so fast. And the ultimate question that we ask, are you ready for that day? Are you ready? Because if you're not, get ready. Okay? Get ready. And how do we do that? Well, we just say a simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me, and I want to be ready for when you come. And you start living a life that honors God, a life set apart for God. Bow your heads with me real quick. We're going to pray and dismiss here shortly. Father, right now, I just thank you for every teenager who is here, Lord, for every young man and every young woman. And Lord, I know you're stirring the hearts of these young people, Lord. And Father, I just pray that these young people, Father God, they would hear your voice. Real quick, before we dismiss, I just want to do one thing. If you're here this tonight and you're saying, you know what, Carrie, after hearing what you say, I don't think I'm ready. I got to be honest with you. Like, I'm not living a life set apart for God. And I feel like if Jesus was to come back right now, I would get left behind. And there's no shame in that. The good thing is you're in a place where we can correct it and get on the right path. So if that's you tonight, you say, you know what, I want to be ready, Carrie. I want to be ready for Jesus. All I'm going to ask you to do is just to raise your hand. Just raise your hand. I see your hand. You don't feel like you're the only one in here. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. You're not the only one if you're raising your hand. I want you to know that. You're raising your hand. That's awesome. Now, listen, do me a favor. Keep your hand up because I'm going to pray. Keep your hand up because I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I'm going to ask you to repeat a little bit as well. Okay? Father, first of all, I thank you for all these teenagers who are raising their hands, Father God. And I just thank you, Lord, right now. That, Lord, you're opening their eyes. You're waking them up to not Carrie's truth, but your truth and what your word says, Lord. And, Lord, we look forward to the day of your return. We don't want to be afraid of it. We want to look forward to it with joy and expectation, Father God. And, Lord, we just pray for these young people with their hands raised, Lord, because they're saying, God, I want to be ready when you return. I want to live a life set apart. I don't want to live a life uh, set apart from you. I want to live a life set apart for you, Father God. Repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I accept you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. And help me get ready for your return. Make me a light in the dark. Make me the light in my school. Make me the light in my family. Let me shine bright everywhere. And Father, I thank you so much for all these teenagers, Lord. I just pray that every single person who prayed that prayer, Lord, that they are forgiven and they're given a new hope, Father God. And Lord, I pray that in the days to come, in the weeks to come, in the months to come, we, can, we, we continue to be prepared for your return, Father God. And we thank you for that, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Listen, guys, really quickly. Remember.
The return of Jesus for us Christians, that's a good thing. It's an exciting event, okay? It's nothing to be scared of, nothing to be afraid of. The only reason we need to be worried or afraid is if we aren't living for Jesus. Then we got ourselves a situation. But thankfully, everyone in here would pretty much raise their hand and said, Lord, I want you to be the center of my life. Now I would encourage you. What do we say? Stand strong on God's word, stand firm on it, and have a strong grip on God's word? Guys, this is church. I don't think there's one Bible in here tonight, okay? Man, start bringing your Bibles to church. It is so important, man, like for real. If you ain't got one, let me know. I got tons in my, my office that I stole from hotels. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, okay? I'm just kidding. But listen, if you need a Bible, listen, guys, it is so important for you to have God's word in your life. And you not just have it, but bring it to church. Open it. Highlight. Take notes in it, okay? I bet you a lot of the verses tonight really ministered to your heart. But guess what? You didn't take notes. You didn't highlight them in your own Bible. So guess what? You're probably going to forget some of it by the time you get home, okay? But that's good news. We're on YouTube, so the message will be up on our YouTube channel tomorrow, Anchored Youth, okay? So, love you guys. And we want you to be ready for when Christ returns, okay? That's the ultimate thing. And it's going to be a good thing, all right, when Jesus returns.